So, Karen, you know, I never thought I would say these words, but I am excited about my gut. Me too. It's fascinating to think that if you've got all the right bacteria in there, then it can have a positive effect on your hormones. And at our age, it's all about the hormones. I mean, it affects your sleep. It affects your bowel movements. Uh, vaginal health, hot flashes and bloating. I hate bloating. Oh, no, me too, me too. Well, we're two weeks into taking our Better Gut supplements and I am excited to see if it makes a difference. So far, so good for me. Are you remembering to take them? Yes, once a day with my meal. Good stuff, good stuff. Try the Better Gut today to support you through a better menopause. Visit www.thebettermenopause.com to find out more about the science and order your supplements today. With delivery straight to your door and the supplements coming in convenient, portable packaging, they will easily blend into and support any busy lifestyle. You can also sign up to their newsletter and join their thriving community. Right now, you can receive 15% off your first order with my special code. That's K15, K-A-Y-E 15, all one word. That's www.thebettermenopause.com and the code is K15. This week on the How To Be 60 podcast, the woman who goes by the name Juicy Crone, or Jay Courtney, she's very honest about how she struggled with 60. Somebody said to me, you got caught in the arteries, that somehow because I'm over 60, or I ought to behave like this, or I ought to do that. And I'm wondering how to be 60, it's scary. Hello all fellow travellers, it is time once again to journey into the sea of 60 with me Kay Adams and she Karen McKenzie Um, and now that I am in my, uh, well actually I'm deep into my 60s now You are, you're well in, 61 and yeah A bit that's what we're going to say for quite a while, probably another 11 months, yes. 61 and a bit. I can tell you, two disturbing things are happening. Oh, and two disturbing things. Well, one, and I notice this with you as well, mm. my hands are looking old. Never it's before. It's the neck and the hands now. The, the neck, yes. The neck. The neck. Well, I see you've got a scarf on. <laughs> I'll leave that to Channel 4 broadcaster. I don't know what her name is. I can't remember. She's always got a scarf on. And I think it's because of the neck. And it is because of the neck. It is. Well, I think the, the advice, the fashion advice you get to a certain age, it's either a scar, mm-hmm. a pull the neck, or like a major piece of statement jewellery. I mean, truly, it's quite good. I mean, I don't want to be bitchy or all that. Um, <laughs> statement jewellery, it would have to be a choker. Because if it was if no, it was no. lying on your chest, it's your just... eyes are taken to that, but then they gradually go up the way. Aye. No, you don't want it on your chest, you're right. Because no. of, you know what? Funny enough that you should say that. There was a picture of me on social media recently, and I thought I was looking rather fetching did you put it up no no but it had a bit of a, a sort of not a keyhole thing but anyway you could see my chest and I've, people like surgery what no you, you know like it had the, the design of it so there was a high collar and then there was a sort of keyhole space oh right and then just because you wear bloody cable knits up to your ears every day some of us wear glamorous january but anyway um Anyway, so somebody commented on the scars on my old chest. They did not. They did. Oh my God, is that with the sun? Yeah, well, I mean, oh, I have. I've got liver, look, look, I've got kind of liver spots and sun spots oh, and all the rest oh of it. Oh my God, was it a woman? 
I don't, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You can't remember who commented. Well, who do you know on social media? Oh, they, what do they call you themselves? I it was face to face. I beg your pardon. You know, frogs legs, oh, one, two, six, or whatever. Evil. I thought you were a rude. But anyway, it's a bit kind of like you know. Sometimes I know. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about I know. Now being past remarkable, Uh but my hands. I just sort of realised you don't actually. Key, your hands are not bad. They're really really slender. Yes, that's unusual. Small as well. I know. It's not going to last. Let's have a look at your minor sort of. Oh. They are old and they've got sort oh. of lovely spots on the hands as well. Have I mean, I think kind of sausage, but you're kind of Prince Charles with the old fingers, aren't you? What does that mean? Sausage fingers. Is that long sausage fingers or fat, scotch? Like sausages, like that. That's arthritis. Bones. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't even bend that knuckle there. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, so sorry. Well, I'm not that. And no, I am sorry. Cold makes it worse, I think. Oh, gosh. I know. And mm. see, when you bang a knuckle, oh, my Fucking God, it's so sore. Do you know what they say? Old age doesn't come alone. Bloody right, and it doesn't. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, I God, I need to be more positive. The other worrying thing Still alive. is yeah. at 61 and a tiny bit, mm-hmm. um, I am starting, I've noticed this, to sort of want to tell people my age. Oh, and, no, oh but, my God. No, 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 but not in a positive way. Oh. Like Cindy Gallup that we spoke to before, and mm-hmm. she was saying, like, own your age. Embrace it. Embrace yeah. it. Yeah, you know, I'm her. a powerful woman. Yes. I am 60. I'm 61. I'm 65. I'm 72. Whatever. Okay. Own it. Yeah. No, I'm not doing it that way. Oh. I'm doing it in a really pathetic way. I was at Pilates the other week. And so I was in the, the change room afterwards, and there was a young girl sitting beside me, and she'd be about 30. And she said, oh, that was tough, wasn't it? And uh, it was. And so... Obviously, I was smiling. I said, yeah, it was. But I desperately wanted to burst out. And I'm 61. <laughs> and why didn't you? Because, you know, it's like old people who say, I'm 82, you know. I'm proud of it. I know, but but it's not in a proud way. It's in it a forceful way. No, It's like, feel sorry for me. I've just done a Pilates class and I'm 61. I would still be proud of myself. And I would say, and I'm 64. Would you? Yeah, absolutely oh, no. would. No, I'm there's two ways to say that. Two ways to say that. I don't right. think that's right. What, no. What's wrong with it? I don't know. It just feels a bit blurty. Oh, you've you know? got something wrong with you. I've <laughs> <laughs> got many things wrong with you. That's just one of them. <laughs> I tell you what, I was reading Philippa Perry's book uh, again. Oh, right. I absolutely love. Uh, get I get mean, back into it. Oh, it's going to be my manual for life. I gave a copy to Charlie, my eldest daughter. I gave right. a copy to, to Ian and I, I gave a copy to somebody else. I really Did you get a wee like and deal? A bundle deal? No, 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 no. I, I bought them all with my own money. Right. Um, and so she talks in it at the end, not towards the end, uh-huh. uh, about part of getting older is not caring what people think. Yeah, yes, yeah. Which is good, but there is a balance to that, isn't there? What do you mean? I think it's very good that you don't care about what people think. Although I do know that you certainly care about people about what people think, and that's certainly in social media. You're sort of. I loved when we had guests like Alistair Campbell on, and he was like, "Oh, I don't even bother with that. You know, I don't even look at them." And and he doesn't give a toss. I don't think that's anything to do with age. I think that's just who he is. But I think you still care about what people think. Well, yeah. I mean, that, well, that's a different thing from what I was thinking. That's what they think of me. But I think. In terms of getting older, some people use that to make comments on other people and on their lives, and they, you know, I say what to think. All right, you know, I think what to say, or I say what I think. Whatever Mm. that expression is, do you know what I mean? And and can be can be kind of rude. Aye, they're used to remarkable, as my mum would have said. 
Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now now you've passed a certain age. You've got license to just see what you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would never do that, would you? <laughs> it's like Linda Robson's like that. She, her, oh, her best one was she. Right. Um, she went to see one of our bosses at ITV, quite senior, and they were having a chat about something quite serious. And as she walked out the door, Linda says, "By the way, you need your roots done." Oh my <laughs> God, is that right? Oh, Jesus. And we said, Linda, you didn't, did she? Well, she did. Oh my God. Hope she wasn't going for a job. Oh, oh, oh my so, God. Is that kind of getting older? Yeah, I don't think age has made me worse. I think I've always been a bit like that. I do remember saying to somebody at work, and I have no, actually, do you know what? I don't even think I can say it. Repeat it. Oh, no, go on. It so, was a Friday afternoon, and I was in, I went into the one of the communal toilets, and she was there, and I said, please tell me you're pregnant. <gasps> you did I felt physically sick. <laughs> and I, was she? No. Oh, fucking hell, Karen. I know. There's no age, but that's an excuse for that. Actually, no. That is, no. Do you know what? I don't think I've been able to. I think I've told about two people. And oh, I just okay. felt sick. Okay, no, we've all done it. Listen, listen. We've we, we, all done it. Have you done it? You get I probably have. Get... Yes, I probably have. I can't think of something right you now. You're just yeah. blunt, though. You. Do you? Yeah. It's just I don't have time. I don't have time to fanny around. Anyway, I was talking about Philip yes. Perry's book. Oh, yeah. And beautiful segue here. Our guest today has written a book uh-huh. called Juicy Crones, Free for the Strangest Adventures. <laughs> Her name is Jay Courtney. Um, and Jay struggled with turning 60, uh-huh. and so she decided to go and meet other women of a similar age, and she to get their experiences. It's a really good book. I, I enjoyed it a lot. But I was pondering, and she talks about it in the book, why she chose juicy crones. What do you think of the word crone? It's a funny... And we can have this chat with Jay so you don't have yeah, to be... No, it's a funny word. It, it doesn't... The connotations. I mean, you only read it in in books that are maybe in the 19th or, or early 20th century or something like that. I don't know why. It's a word that I would never use, crone. Would you like to be known as a crone? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a juicy crone. Oh, no, it, it doesn't. There's That's not enough. That's it, isn't it? Yes, it's, like, it's a two kind of like, <laughs> they're two opposites. Oh, I don't know. I, I am struggling. What do you think of the word crone? Um, it doesn't sit that comfortably with me, but I'm really intrigued as to why G chose it. And I think that will be exactly and it's witchy and it's kind of like a very big hook nose. It's like a caricature of a mm. of a witch. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's No, I get what you mean. I, and I would agree. But maybe it's similar to, you know, saying to people you need to embrace your age, you need to be proud to say, Yes, I'm sixty, I'm sixty-five, I'm seventy. Maybe it's kind of taking ownership of those kind of negative stereotypes and saying, yes, so what? It's got a kind of defiance to it, which I wonder if Jay was trying to to tap into that. I suppose my question is, do we need to have a label? Or, you know, are we just the people that we've always been and we are journeying through life? I mean, going back to my great guru, Philippa Perry, I mean, when she was reading that, she was saying, we don't change you know, as people, no matter how old we come, the world around us changes. I don't agree with that. Well, funny enough, I wasn't sure I agreed with myself, but she says, in essence, we don't change as people. Um, do you think you have changed? Well, does this mean that you're never going to change? But, but I have changed. Oh, so you have changed? Oh, yeah. Have I'm you got very, worse? I am very mellow compared to what I used to be. Right, seriously? <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just let things wash over me. I'm a complete relaxed. And you've become this this 
comedy person that's <laughs> just full of humour and jokes and can take the piss out of yourself. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, that's Hi. me. So how have you changed? I think I've got mellower. Oh, I don't I know. See, maybe we're both in denial. I think maybe. Yeah. You know what? I would love it if you're going to buy me a Christmas present next year. Next year. Look ahead. Let's face it. I haven't used the one you got me this year. Right. Um, a psychotherapy session with Philippa. Yes. That's what I would love. Oh, my God. Hang on a minute. You won't just need one. You'll need an entire kind of like... No. People go to therapy for years, Kate. No, that would be so expensive. <laughs> You've got so much to unpack there. Well, I wouldn't mind paying half, but I, I just, I would. I would not because I think I've got anything. Oh, hello. That's the first <laughs> admission. Oh, my God. No, Kate, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you at all. It's just about understanding yourself. I, I think it would be fascinating. I, I would I would really love to to do it for that reason. Yeah. I'll, I'll go Have back. you ever been to therapy? No, no. Have you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's actually mandatory for all of us. So do you know what? I might what take you yeah, for? probably not okay. uh, too many things, too many things. But I think we all we should all you know, we will all benefit from going into therapy. Okay. I think absolutely. So Kay, do you know what? Meet an appointment. Okay. Well I might do that. Um I'm gonna get that out of you one day why you did go into therapy, but um there we go. Um are you ready for email of the week? Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, well, I have chosen this specifically with Jay in mind and her book, Ready for the Strangest Adventures. And this is from Geraldine, um, who's been in touch a, a couple of times, actually. She went on a great adventure, um, and I think she's now completed it. She says, I walked 2,000 miles from Glasgow to Rome. It's a long old track. It's not long. Yes. Yep. I faced big challenges, but received huge help from kind strangers Kindnappers, she calls them. I got of a fright when I first read <laughs> I that. I thought, kidnappers, you Jesus don't. Christ, what's happened to the woman? But no, kindnappers in all five countries that I walked through. I'll be giving talks, probably writing a book about my mammoth adventure and my end point reward of a handshake from Pope Francis. Good God, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, I love to inspire others and to take on their challenge, big and small. I'm not yet 60, but at 54, I think it's a good time to start before hitting the big 6-0. So there you go. That is incredible. Yeah, I know. It's a great achievement. But it's what's behind it. It's what makes you do that. What do you get out of it? That is what is so fascinating. Um, So we'll find out if that is the kind of thing that Jay is thinking about after this. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So, Geraldine, would she qualify for your book, Jay? Uh, she absolutely would. It's a pity she wasn't doing it three years ago. Oh, perhaps she was, and I, I didn't know about it. But, yeah, exactly the kind of woman I was uh, looking to talk to when I started writing. Why were you so kind of troubled or discomforted by 60? I didn't think I would be. I think that was the problem. Um, I retired early. Um, I hadn't been very well. I was in my late 50s. I'd always enjoyed my job, enjoyed life, always had far more things to do than I could fit into my day. And I kind of thought retirement would be the same. I've, I've never been someone who's bored at all. And I just found it 
really hard to get into a different groove and to find my way. Um, and I, that's when I started talking to other women and trying to find out, you know, hopefully with any luck, I could have 30 years. Is this just the time where you just sort of pass the time until you pop your clogs or is there more to this? And so that was my starting point, trying to work out why I felt it all felt so alien to me, really. Well, what did you think retirement would bring? I thought I would enjoy doing all the things that I used to not be able to fit into my life, sort of craft work, going out, seeing friends, traveling, a whole raft of things, really. Um, and I did carry on. I did do those things. But I, I think because my job had kind of been so important to me, it was hard to find that sense of real purpose and also an acceptance. I and mean, you can't get away from the fact that we are all part, you know, facing the big exit sign. That existential crisis was a very real thing. I kind of had to think, yeah, this this is the last bit of my life, whether it lasts, you know, just a few years, as sadly many of my friends have been in that situation, or whether I'm going to live to 113. Either way, this is, you know, we're heading up that path. So I really needed to meet other women, chat to women in particular to see how they were how they were doing it, what I could learn from them, really. Mm. I mean, it's interesting, that thing about looking for meaning and purpose. For a lot of people in their job, that it's just something they do. It's something they have to do because mm. you have to pay the bills. And, you know, that's life as an adult for the majority of, of people. It's not necessarily about meaning and purpose. It's about, well, what else? you're going to do you know you need to put food on the table but I suppose when you take that away then there really are no structures yeah and and then I found the things that I had enjoyed doing sort of craft stuff or or going out whatever it was it just didn't hold me in the same way um it just felt almost kind of inconsequential and so I needed to find something else that had more meat about it more substance for me really I mean, we'll talk about the women that you you met in in a second because I presume they were kind of searching for something as as well. But I mean, Karen, it's interesting that Jay should have spoken to you because you didn't kind of face that, did you? No, I I love retirement. I retired actually four years ago, and I suppose the difference is that I didn't enjoy my job in the same way that you did. Um, I have touch with good health and I was just desperate to have the time to do the things that I wanted and it's some of the things that you mentioned like crafts traveling walk the dog every morning I just and I see a lot of friends and meet up with the ones that I haven't seen for ages and I am completely fulfilled with that I am now I am now but it has been quite a journey over best part of five years or so for me to get to that place Mm. Um, it just took much more adjusting than than I realised it might. Mm. I'm, I'm going to try and say this with a straight face, but maybe, Karen, you didn't need a sense of purpose. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to suggest? No, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. But I, I don't know. So what was your job, Jay? What, what did you do that so fulfilled you? Um, well, for many years I was a, a teacher, but I was responsible for pastoral welfare. And then I went to the local authority in a, an advisory role. And uh, I led for children's health and well-being across sort of education, social care and um, and health. And I absolutely loved it. It was a tough job. 
um, but really fulfilling. I suppose anything to do with children, children's health, you're always going to be the sharp end of really what needs attention, what needs to be done. So it was very fulfilling in that sense. But I think also the thing I hadn't kind of clocked is that I worked with a very young team. So I had a lot of sort of young, energetic blood around me. Um, And when I retired, I, I live in a beautiful, but a small, quite elderly village. And the fabulous people, I'm not, it's no criticism, but suddenly I was in a whole different kind of demographic that I had not been used to being in. I'd always been kind of the oldest person in the room, not the youngest. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that felt very different as well. You obviously had a very fulfilling career then, Jay, and you were a bit kind of uh, destabilized, if you like, by that coming away. But you know what really struck me about your book that I kind of wasn't expecting because I saw it, you know, that the title of it, Free for Strangers Adventures and stuff. It was a political book with a very small P when I say that, in terms of a lot of the women that you spoke to had felt unfulfilled in their lives you know, very much, you know, held back, if you like, by the fact that they were born a woman at the time that they were born and they weren't able to pursue the opportunities, like the wonderful woman who'd always wanted to fly a plane. Um, and she became cabin crew, but she never got to fly a plane until now, which which was fantastic. And actually, it made me realise, and I do realise the older I get, how unusual my mum was because, you know, she ran a business with my dad and we had a very equal household and I was absolutely told, you know, there was no restrictions on me because I was female. But the women in your book are maybe five or six years older than me at most and they had a very different experience and I was, it really took me aback. It it really shocked me too when I started writing and I sort of started peeling back the layers thinking, what on earth's going on here? Why are these feelings coming to me now? Why am I, um, some of the women I'm talking to are just not feeling that theirs is their own life to own and they can make choices about their life. And the more I talked to women and the more research I did, I kind of thought, oh, maybe it was because of that. The generation, so my generation of women, if you like, hopefully were probably the last where we weren't allowed to do certain subjects because we were girls or we weren't allowed to do X, Y, and Z because we were girls or our mothers or fathers thought that it wasn't suitable for us to do certain things because we were girls. And it made me realise how much in my own head, and it was my own fault, I'd got caught in, somebody said to me, you've got caught in the arteries that somehow because I'm over 60 or as I was then heading up to 60 I ought to behave like this or I ought to do that and the same thing in childhood I ought not to do this or I ought to do that because I'm a girl and in young adulthood most of the women I spoke to of my generation had been if not coerced and certainly almost uh, made to feel that they should get married young they should have their children young there was that huge ought over their lives and that actually their role was to be supportive of their husband and make their husband's careers work for the family. And I I don't think until I started writing the book, I'd quite cottoned on how much of that was still residually, you know, there in women's lives. And actually, for most of those women, in fact, most of the women I've spoken to, uh, they were saying that actually because that was the pattern of the arc of their life and for most 
women of my age that particularly from poorer backgrounds as I was, that was the sort of arc of women's lives. They've now got to sort of post-menopause and haven't got a notion that this is my life and I can choose what I want to do with it. And that was a huge revelation. Um, It's caused all sorts of tensions in relationships, but that whole thing of yeah, of course, I can go and book flights, I can book a holiday, I can learn to fly, I can go wild swimming, I can go solo walking. It's quite a journey for many women. And it, on paper, it doesn't sound that tricky. But actually, it's what's going on in the head, isn't it? That's the the tricky thing for all of these things where we have to learn to give ourselves permission to do things. Mm. Well, yeah, you talk about that permission to be selfish. So did you go through that process of giving yourself permission to do what you wanted rather than what you thought you ought to? Yeah, I even did a day course actually called um, How to Be Selfish, (laughs) which is (laughs) amongst many of the the courses I did. And actually, most of what often women we think is a selfish thing to do is just exerting your choice over, you know, whatever it is you want to do. I, I do want to do this or I don't want to do that, you know, and there's no reason why I should be keeping the same pattern of having the dinner on the table or not going out for a walk alone or whatever it is. You know, you can change those behaviours and there isn't, funnily enough, a law against it. So how did you start to explore that then? That was obviously a bit of a journey for you. As I say, I did courses, lots of odds and sods, things. I did things that I knew that I'd be really frightened of. So I I, I did a, a course on drawing, which was called Drawing for the Terrified, I've been told, like many of us, you know, what you're told at school, you're rubbish at. You sort of live the rest of your life thinking you're rubbish at. So I did that. Um, I did think some classes that right out of my comfort zone, like ballet, or I tried a bit. It's very much like teenage years. We're just experimenting, you know, but I really took it as a time to just see who I was now that I didn't have to conform to any kind of role or, or model. But the other thing I did at the time was to start journaling for my own mental well-being. And that's when I started to realise how much I enjoyed writing. And it was a completely new thing. You know, I'd, I'd done the usual reports and stuff for work, as we all have to do. But actually, creative writing, I'd never tried before. And the more I did, the more I enjoyed it. Um, so then I decided to go off and do an MA in travel and nature writing and absolutely loved it. Again, it felt really selfish, really self-indulgent to go and study for two years and do something I absolutely loved. And, you know, there's a gap of like 40 years between my first degree and my second degree. And I I felt as nervous as, you know, starting school. (laughs) It's so fascinating to me that that thing about you know, getting stuck on that I can be selfish. Oh. I don't know whether you had that, Karen, and you're going to laugh when I say what I'm going to say. In terms of my um, mythical psychotherapy session with Philippa Perry that Karen's <laughs> going to buy me, what I probably would explore is that I am too selfish. In the, I would support that. The, <laughs> no, well, well, because, as I say, the way my mum brought me up was not in any way to be restricted because... I was female. And so I suppose when I look at it in terms of my personal relationships and I'm, you know, happily with the same guy I've been with for 30 odd years, I'm not dependent on him. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something deep in me 
that is not going to be dependent on him. For the health of our relationship, I mean, really honest, I could probably do with being a little bit more dependent on him. But I'm so fiercely independent that probably keep a bit of distance. And I really thought about that when I was away, actually. So I'm kind of pleased about it because I don't have those selfishness feelings. But maybe I have to worry about going too much in the opposite direction. I think many of the women I spoke to want to be fiercely independent, but they've realised now that actually the reality is so many women of my age are financially really screwed um, because they haven't been the major breadwinner or they haven't had the input into their pensions or they're a waspy women, woman and they're just not even getting their pension yet. So many um, of the women I interviewed and women I know are living in poverty. You know, it's a really hard thing to think about. Mm, yeah. I think it's why a lot of people are still together, why a lot of couples are yeah. still together. Yeah, and- I know quite a few women who are staying together just simply because they can't afford to. And it's really uncomfortable living, really unpleasant. The same thing happens the other way around in that, I think I very strongly felt, okay, if I'm going to try and get off these shackles of what I ought and ought not to do, then I certainly don't feel um, I ought to be wearing or behaving in a certain way. You know, I, I don't feel like ought to dye my hair or I ought to look young or, you know, all those pressures. I just really feel, sod it. I am who I am. I enjoy the life I'm leading now in terms of getting out and walking and swimming and doing everything I enjoy I just want to choose what I want to do in those terms do you live with a partner oh well it's it's a tricky question in that um mine was a marriage that didn't survive lockdown uh my wife left a couple of years ago and that's been really really hard yeah and you've got kids and grandchildren yeah so I have uh two daughters and four granddaughters and they're absolutely gorgeous and presumably you ought to be looking after them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, again, a really big question for women, isn't it? For grandmothers, you know, how much commitment can you make or do you want to make to childcare? Every woman I've spoken to with grandchildren is having the same debate. I mean, there are some who just absolutely love it and are happy to give all their time to it and others who, who don't want to. And again, it's about being honest, isn't it? It's that same tugging at the heartstrings, isn't it? Well, I, I should do this and I ought to do that, but it's a personal choice. Your relationships split up during COVID. So what tensions did it cause for you then that you're going through this, this period of um, sort of reassessment? Well, I think the last five years have been very peculiar, haven't they? Um, I think um, lockdown put huge strains on relationships that kind of bust open some uh, fissures that were already there um, and I think that probably was was our case although it was a huge readjustment because I've got this fantasy retirement that I thought was going to be there and you know it, it isn't now so I, I really have had to make a new life and think quite differently but I'm, I'm there now in my head sort of two and a bit years on and I'm okay. I haven't got that picture of what it will be like you know, I'm having to trust that, yeah, this this will be fun. I'll make it fun. I'll do the things that I enjoy. And hopefully I've met so many amazing women over the last few years. It hasn't, I don't have any doubts about friendship and finding lots of things to do as I did at the beginning, which is perverse, isn't it? Um, but I think it's almost forced me to, to get out there and, and make friends and uh, join in things and 
um, that's been exciting. That was one thing about the book that actually I found quite comforting because um, you, you made new friends and, and, you know, people that you interviewed in the book spoke about new friendships that they'd made. And that is something that I worry about because in my professional career, you know, I kind of live between Glasgow and London and a lot of my friends work in the TV business. And I think, well, when it gives me up, I can mm. really see me just being ripped out of that world and ripped out of, you know, those mm. friendships. And am I at this age going to be able to find new friends? I worry about you that. Are, you absolutely will, but it's, you, you do need to find, I know it's a cliche, but you do need to find your tribe because um, I, as I say, I tried lots of things where I just thought, Oh God, this really isn't me. And it was just, you know, painful. But then other things that I now belong to, and I've got a, a big group of friends that I just absolutely love. And, you know, they're just full of fun and laughter. And so there's the the 12 women of the book, and we're all still a tight. We didn't know each other. I knew one of the women, Andy, who learned to fly. I knew her before I started the book. The rest were all new to me. Uh, and we're all really tight. We, you know, join, we're in a WhatsApp together and we let each other know when things are happening in our lives. I've got a fabulous walking group, Love Her Wild, Gloucestershire. And so I was 66 in November and there was a walk in the Brecon Beacons <laughs> up uh, Fanny Big. We just had to go, you know, and um, <laughs> I painted myself a banner, 66. Funny big. <laughs> I'll send you the I'll send you the picture. And um, you know, walking up a mountain together with just it it's the same really as your remark about the juicy cranes thing. Let's just put it out there and just have a laugh and actually say, so you know, the banners up. Right. Well, listen, well reminded. Yes, we need to talk you. about that. Juicy <laughs> crones, we're not sure, are we, Karen? Well, no. I want to know where the idea came from. Oh, it actually came from a Jungian psychologist in America called Jean Bolan. And she was, I was reading a lot of the time trying to work out, well, who am I in this age? You know, what, what what's going to make me me? And um, so I read a lot of her stuff and she was the, one of the few who didn't talk about how to keep your man and what colour hair to have and paint your nails and all that stuff. And she used this phrase, be a juicy crone. Well, it just made me laugh out loud. It was just like thumbing your nose that kind of, oh, sod off. You know, I'm just going to do what I want to do and and live a joyous life. Um, so I wrote to her and said, you know, could I pinch your phrase? It's just, it's made me laugh. And at that stage, anything that made me laugh was, I was hanging on to. And she wrote me such a lovely email back saying, yeah, sure. Anyone who supports other women in their quest to be themselves gets my vote. So it was just a really generous thing that she said. And um, yeah, so Juicy Crohn's was born. I asked several people what they thought. Some people laughed. One woman said she'd never buy a book that said Juicy or Crone on the title. <laughs> I thought, oh, well, it's, it's stirring up something in you, so maybe I'll go for it. <laughs> and it still makes me laugh. It still does. You know, it's just like, yeah, you can all go away and I'm going to do what I want to do, you know. Nice one. That is interesting. It kind of does suggest that you're further down 
the line, if you like, of occupying your space yeah. than maybe we are. Yes, yes. Because we <laughs> kind of recoil. Don't yes. call me a crown. Thank yes, you very exactly. much. Exactly. Well, you're going to have to come up on a big fanny walk with me and uh, <laughs> <laughs> raise raise the crown banner. <laughs> oh, it's not the first time we've been called big fannies, is it? <laughs> Apparently not. So, what did so this has been a voyage of discovery of sort of right. two and a half, three years. Um, you've obviously met these very interesting women, but you've done a lot of introspection as as well. And your life has changed in very significant right. ways. What have you learned? What can you pass on? Let me read you an email actually, Jay. This is from Sheena. She says, I'm teetering on the edge of becoming 60. Uh, The countdown begins six months to go, and I honestly don't really care. I've decided to try and do one wild, memorable, interesting, or maybe extravagant thing each month of 2024, and I'm probably a bit in denial too. I did enjoy being half this age. I do miss those days and can't believe I've lived almost six decades uh, on the planet. Here we fucking go, (laughs) she says. Um, So there she is. She's in that place that you were when you thought it was going to be fine you didn't think there was going to be a problem and hopefully there won't for Sheena but what would you say yeah I think very much just keep close to yourself every time you have a thought honor that thought don't deny it so for example the the drawing for the terrified if you hate it you hate it you don't need to pretend that you like it or if you're feeling really tired maybe that's a suggestion you need to rest I think particularly as women we've spent so much of our life saying I'm fine I'm fine and I can carry on and push through and all the rest of it and it's not helpful I think that sense of honoring self and owning self and just learning to love your life at this stage is really really important it is short life is short and however much time any of us have got left, I think we really need to use it um, to enjoy it. And that actually needs us to think, am I enjoying this? Possibly I'm not. And I need to be honest about that. You know, what what suits us and what doesn't. The other question about wild, which I think is often quite overused, is actually, I don't think you need to be rowing across the Atlantic or you know, camping up a tree for it to be wild. Um, One of the women in the book, Yannette, who I admired so much, her wildness was actually learning to accept herself. She had um, developed Tourette's and she had synesthesia. And her whole life, she'd been seen as a strange, odd person. You know, her parents weren't very happy about it. Her her school, certainly at school, she wasn't. And in her late 50s early 60s she began to accept that this is who she was and actually this is something this synesthesia this um alternative way in which her brain worked was actually wonderful and it gave her a real ability to empathize and work with animals and horses and so on alongside vets and that was a really heartwarming story of something le- someone learning to just integrate the whole of themselves. And I think that in itself is a wild journey. I think that's a great thing to to say, actually. It doesn't always have to be dramatic or headline yeah. grabbing or, or wow. No, and I certainly wasn't looking for, you know, women who are walking solo up Everest or whatever, because those women tend to have all, all, always been adventurers. And it, 
isn't such a change. I was looking for women who, like myself, had perhaps had to leave their job for whatever reason, maybe redundancy or just retirement, or those women who were looking to do the thing they'd always wanted to do, something that I sort of deep down, that's what I wanted to do and I never got the chance. So that they were the women I was particularly wanting to interview. Of course, because lockdown happened, I didn't do it. I, I intended to go traveling and meet women in a sort of serendipitous way, which I love doing. It's just the most, um, it's the richest and most rewarding of conversations, you know, just somebody you meet hiking or in a cafe or whatever. Um, so it was a bit more contrived. I had to um, meet women mostly on Zoom and talk to them that way because of, of lockdown. But I think almost all of them uh, I've now met in person and I know them personally. Karen, I would like to introduce you to my new companion. Ooh. She's called Poppy. She is very stylish, classy, accommodating, versatile. And if you get up close and you sniff her, <laughs> uh, she has a wonderful smell of leather. Oh, I love the smell of leather. <laughs> I'm slightly confused. What are we talking when about? Bag, when you buy Poppy, is the style. It's from a small Scottish company called Sarah Harron. Uh, Sarah was working in the corporate world. She couldn't find a functional bag that looked great, so she decided to create a whole range of them. Oh, very nice. Listen, I'm loving the pink lining. God, no, these pockets. I know I've got one for my iPad. I've got one for my water bottle. I've got room for a spare pair of knickknacks for an overnight. What about the handles? Well, you've got a choice. I like a backpack, so I use the backpack handles. Or you've got the short straps. And also this detachable pouch I can take off and either use as a clutch or as a shoulder strap. So I like that. It's like... Two, three bags in one. Yeah. Now, what about the colours? Different colours? Lots of different colours, lots of different ways you can style it. Tell you what, this will see me out, this bag. It's got more years in it than I've got. Also a great gift for someone that you really value and respect. Okay. Don't hold your breath. Visit the Sarah Harron website now where you'll receive an exclusive offer of 20% off your first bag. And not only that, you will also get three accessories absolutely free so you can start styling your bag right away. Just enter the code K K A Y E at the checkout to receive this incredible offer. Jay, we're going to play our big six or bingo, if you don't mind. <laughs> Karen gets all set up. Can Just one last thing. Um, and again, I take it from the book. You changed your name. Yeah, I think it was a moment of madness, actually. Um, it was probably quite a dark time and things were really tricky in the relationship at home. And I'd always hated my name. And I heard Jane Garvey talking about hating her name. She's a Jane, I'm a Janice. And I thought... Oh, I, don't, I just change it. There's nothing to stop me. And um, where I am, I just look out onto my garden. It's a J appeared. I was like, I really like J's. I'll call myself that. Oh, that. <laughs> and um, I've enjoyed it. You know, it's about. It's I suppose it's adding into that general ownership of self. And actually, hated my name. I could call myself something else if I want to. It was the time I'd also dyed my head bright red as well. So you know. <laughs> but it's stuck and it's good and it's a great author's name as well Jay Courtney it's good it's good um, yeah it works right so yes uh, do, I, do I need to be afraid you must be afraid no no no, yeah, no. Okay. of course not of course not I'm looking for two numbers between one and sixty. Oh, uh, seven and 
51. Okay. Number seven, best year of your life, G. This one. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, it's not, right. That's <laughs> you. That's positive. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I've got my house on the market. I'm moving into a house of my own, I hope. So new beginnings. Yeah. Are you staying within the village? <laughs> no, I'm hoping to move into a, um, a local town which has masses going on, and I think that might suit me better now I'm on my own. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a new beginning. Sadly, my brother died last year, which was really hard. So I really feel like this is a fresh start, and yeah, time time to own it and enjoy it. That sounds good. That sounds good. Okay, 51. Have you written your will? It's funny you should say that. I have because um, because of the divorce. I had to re write my will again. Um, so I have written my will. And bizarrely, I've also chosen where I want my ashes to be, which is in one of those niches in a new Neolithic tomb. Have you seen these at all? No. Oh. So um, it means that there will just be a little niche with a candle and that will be me. So that's, that's, mm. I've, I've planned, I've written the last chapter, if you like. Wow. Hey, could yeah. I have thought about that? I did, I have decided that I definitely want that. What did I call it again? Direct, direct cremation. Oh, um, to go straight to, to go to jail and what is it? Do not yeah. pass go. Do not pass go. Um, no. 200 pounds. Have you written your will? Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that's, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I decided that I've chosen a niche which is near the window gets the winter solstice because I'm a winter baby. So I quite like that idea of if anyone can be bothered or want to, they can go on the winter solstice and just, you know, maybe think of granny or whatever. So, so I, feel, I feel better for having ticked that off, you know. Well, that's interesting because you did say earlier on that, that one of your – sources of discomfort about being 60 was a real awareness that you were kind of on the last lap which suggested <laughs> yeah. a level of anxiety have you come to terms with that yes I think I have I think strangely writing that last chapter this is where my kind of end is going to be although I have no religious belief at all so it's not like I think I'm going to be there and sadly I have had quite a number of friends who've died in their late 50s early 60s and that has also made me think You've just got to grasp every moment, enjoy it all, because you just don't know. And, you know, it's like that old phrase, isn't it? Life's t too short to stuff a mushroom. And I kind of use that expression for lots of things. Now, uh, Tamsin in the book said, is this the way I want to spend what's left of my life? And if the answer is no, then I'm not doing it, you know, it's, unless it's deeply for someone else who really needs the help. That's different. But, you know, do I need to be dusting the books? No. Well, that's a great a thought to end on. If we could just change that, you know, do I really want to spend my last days making kombucha? That would kind of <laughs> better. <laughs> or sweet cucumber pickle or whatever. <laughs> that well-known face stuffing a mushroom. I have to say. Is it a button mushroom? Is that a magic <laughs> Oh, literal. No, I've never heard that phrase. Have you not heard that phrase? No. I think I thought you were going to say something else. And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, kind of threw me. Uh, but, but the process is deciding what works for you, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 
Excellent. Jay, thank you so much. I know, it's really nice to meet you. Yeah. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I feel really honoured. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. And Juicy Crone, Free Strangest Adventures is the the book. And good luck with the move. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you you both very much. Thank Thank you. Bye. Next week, from the Juicy Crone to the Dark Destroyer. Sean Wallace, barrister and one of the chasers on the hit ITV quiz show joins us next week on How to Be 60.